Welcome back to the One Yard Short podcast. Um, uh, we took a little break over Thanksgiving, but we're back, and today we're getting into our pound-for-pound pound top 10 UFC rankings, uh, men's rankings. Uh, I know we're both pretty pretty big on the UFC, and um, so this should be good, and we'll probably touch on some stuff that's happened in college football in the last couple of days. So, uh, do you have any, like, honorable mentions? Oh, you said five, and I said five. Oh, geez, you put five. Okay, I, I can come up with one more honorable mention. Uh, all right, so for, I guess you could say, my 15th, we're doing top 10. Well, in no, in no um, order, honorable mentions, I guess. Oh, I guess. All right. I saw my first honorable mention. He's uh Robert Whittaker. Whittaker? Huh? You, Robert what? Whittaker. Uh, I don't want to put Taker on here, okay? I did this on the fly. I'm probably tired of I did this. I'm just looking at it. Robert Whittaker. Yes. Is my honorable mention. No, numero oh, uno. Do you just want to do all yours in a row, or you want me to? Uh, another one is John Flushing Alex. I don't know how to say his last name. Yeah, I try my best. Um, Steve Jamir check. Um, I want to put him in the top ten for this one, but you know, it was last fight, I lost total respect for this guy. Um, another one is Peter Yan. Oh yeah. And I'm gonna say his name wrong. Uh, he's fighting freaking. Uh, okay, is it Kamara? Who's next? Drew? No, not Ushman. Uh, Sirly Gani? Gain. Cyril Gain. Cyril Gain. Cyril Gain. Cyril Gain. Cyril Gain. Cyril. Cyril Gain. What's Cyril like? Okay, Cyril Gain sounds better. Okay. Okay. Is that all? Yeah, that was my five. Okay. Uh, well, for my first one, um, I got um, the previous you mentioned, Robert Whitaker. 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 Um, uh, I also have uh, Glover Teixeira. Um, he did just get the belt, so he should probably move up, but he's kind of old. Uh, TJ Dillashaw as well. Um, I feel like I'm gonna say is uh actually no, uh Peter Yan as well as like you said, and then Brandon Moreno is my last one. You have here in your own Okay. Okay. Number ten. Am I starting? Yeah. All right, for my numero 10, he was an honorable mention, but you know, he got put in the top 10 because he is the champion. Um, he is old. Now he's coming to like his final two years in the USC. That's pretty push it. It was the age of world 40, 41. Um, for my numero 10 for pound for pound in the USC right now, go over to Shara. Okay, well, uh, for my number 10, um, I'm going to go to the 
non-interim champion at Peter Jan's weight division is yes. um, Ala, Alajamin Sterling. Or Aljamain Sterling? Aljamain. Okay. Aljamain Sterling, number 10. You know, we don't want to put him in there, but, you know, he's not going to fight until, like, 2020, like, the late 2022 with his injury he had. I backed away from Peter Yon, but, you know. Well, freaking Peter Yon could only beat him because of an illegal knee, so. Even though Peter Yon was whooping his ass that high, but, okay. <laughs> I know, but it, we're going to ignore that, and we're just going to say. All right. So, my number one, maybe. Um, coming out of Mexico, um, you know, I, I like, you know, since I'm a small guy, I like watching these small guys fight. Um, I did use them. That one time we played UFC, I did beat everybody with this guy. This? Uh, at the tournament. Um, uh, yeah, this guy kicked his leg. The only reason I lost is the freaking face of heavyweight. Um, so, my number one is Brandon Moreno. Uh, I like how you're going off what your experience with, with him in UFC. <laughs> in freaking UFC 4. Uh, for my number 9, um, this dude fought like, I want to say like three weeks ago. Um, and he looked really good. He looked like he was in his prime and he should probably get a title shot pretty soon. Uh, my number 9 is Max Holloway. Who just beat Yair Rodriguez, who's pretty good. So Holloway should at least get um a like a main uh, or a, a fight on a card. But anyways, um number nine, Max Holloway. Blessed MMA. He's also a really really good gamer. I used to watch him on like quarantine date. He watches uh, freaking Twitch streams. Yeah, you should always play Nick Burke. You know, I'm a Nick Burke fan. Okay. All right. Um, my number oh, oh, Chow. Um, you know, if this is all, if he deals with this fucking issues off the fucking um, off off the octagon, um, he can he is known as one of the greatest, even though with all his issues. Off his, off the octagon. Coming out of Albuquerque, New Mexico, I have John. Jim. No. Bones, Jones. Okay, get the bones. Okay, sorry. Please, yes, that's my numero ocho. Okay. Oh, why did you do it like that, dude? Okay. Okay. Well, I'm not like. Disagreeing, I just feel like we haven't seen him fought fight in a while, but it's fair to put him. Okay. I didn't put him because I haven't seen him fight in a while. But anyway, Alderman fight in a while. He fought like when? When was his fight with Yan? At the beginning of last year. It was at the beginning of this year. No. Yes. No. Yes. No. Can't, never mind. Whatever. I'll look it up after. Uh, what are we at? Number eight. Uh, my number eight is um, a dude who just came off a probably a fight of the year, a fight of the year on the two sixty eight card. Um, dude was really 
that yeah that probably has round of the year and fight of the year potential um just justin gaethje um he should probably get a he's another dude that should probably get a title shot pretty soon especially with the win he just um he just did or he just had so <laughs> what uh, Oh. Straight red card, man. Um, so, uh, main overall set Um, he he does have a big fight coming up. Gonna be one to watch if you're a USC fan. Yeah. I I really don't like this guy and the USC game. Because just this tall, lengthy guy in the division. Um, I got Charles Oliveira. Um, for uh my numero siete, um, I have the dude he's fighting, Dustin Poirier. Uh, he did um. We haven't seen him fight since McGregor, but that wasn't that long ago, to be fair. So, um, and we saw Oliveira dominate more recently, so that's why I have him slightly over Dustin. And plus, he's the champion right now, so I feel like I. Yeah, I don't know about that. That'll be a good fight, though. I think that'll go. I think that'll go a couple, at least two or three rounds, at the least. But anyways, go ahead. Number six. Wow. Oh, Jeez, right, I can hear six. that so loud. My what? Uh, I don't have this all, the volume on. Oh. Oh, this monitor it doesn't put out audio. Oh, I don't know. I just heard something really loud. But anyways, go ahead. Me numero. Number again? Six. six. Yeah, six. Um, I have. Plus MMA. Max Holloway. Okay. Not, not too shabby. It's Max Holloway, dude. You know, he's going to bring a fight no matter what. I know. And then he's going to, like, be the nicest dude after the fight, too. Still Hawaiians, you know? Yeah. Um, for my numero... Okay, we're on six. Uh, no, my number six. Um, yeah. I have uh, Dustin Poirier's um, fighting opponent, uh, Charles or Charles Oliveira, out of Brazil. Um, Brazil. Yes, sir. Oh, shoot. All right. Oh, All right, so my number five is the guy that's gonna beat your number six. Okay. The man, the man, the very humble person. Oh. Justin Poirier. I don't. I don't. I really don't know who I I'm rooting for or who I think is gonna win that fight. I still haven't made my mind up. I'm making my mind up. DP. Okay. I know where your freaking money is. Uh, my number five. Um, this may be a little high, but I'm I'm high on this dude. Um, I don't think he's gonna win his next fight per se, but I think he's the second bet, the second best um, heavyweight 
uh, Cyril Gain, number five. Um, he's coming off a couple good wins, and he's going to get his title shot against um, a guy. Who... A bunch of tires in every commercial you see. Yeah, but Francis is probably gonna probably gonna beat him, but I wouldn't count Cyril out. Cyril Gain. Cyril Gain. Cyril Gain. What? That's number five, yeah. I told you I was high on him. Alright, so my number of four. It's the guy that's gonna beat your guy. You just, Mr. Sugar well, I didn't I didn't say that he was gonna beat him. I just said I know, okay, I just have to build up the excitement for my next game. Okay, whatever. <laughs> Jeez, man. Coming out of Amaru? Yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. 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 Francis. Nganu. Nganu. Actually, Ah, something like that. Okay, we'll go. You know, we're not over here. Got to pronounce his names right. Number four for me is also Francis Nganu. Um, think he, Ooh. think he has the slight edge over Gain right now, but um, uh, I definitely, he's definitely the, he's definitely a dude. He's got probably the heaviest hands in the UFC, and he's got definitely definitely has one punch power. So we'll see how that fight plays out. That should be another good fight in January. Mark your calendars. Well, that's really not that far away. Approaching uh, uh, December. The late days of November. Well. Alright, so mine. Numero Trez is going to piss you off. Okay. He's just moving up weight, you know. He got tired of his weight division. You know, he's going to have to do something new. So my numero twist is gonna piss everybody off. Oh jeez. My numero twist is Israel Adesanya. Oh okay. Uh, hmm. Okay. Well, the only loss he has is trying to be a freaking two belt champion or a two division champion. So I don't. So he already got rid of his belt. I mean, not rid of his belt. You know, he just got bored of his division. He's trying something new. So he can't really. And um, he unfortunately lost. Um, number three for me is um, the current featherweight champion, um, Alexander. Oh, shoot, I'm gonna butcher the last name. Volkanovsky. Is that how you say it? Volkanovsky? I think so. That's how my mom say it. Volkanovsky. Um, he's. He could be really good. He's, I mean, he really beat the crap out of Brian Ortega at 266. But um, we'll see how he does in future title defenses. But right now he sits at number three, and he's he's really good. He's he's the undisputed best featherweight right now. Guy dang small guys, you know? Yeah, pretty much. All right, so my Kimber Hotels. It's Alexander Volk. Okay, that's all I'm going to say. Don't... Volk? 
Alexander Volk. That's facts. <laughs> they probably trained in like the two degree weather outside. He builds character. With no shirt on. Yeah. My number two. Um, this is definitely definitely my favorite fighter in the UFC. Um, Israel Adesanya, the the last style bender. Um, the only loss he has is because he got bored of his weight division and wanted to go become a two division champ. Um, I mean, he's the undisputed best middleweight right now, and like he could probably. I mean, if he if he got the chance again, he might get he might get the two belts. I think he he has it in his future at some point. So we'll see about that. But I think we all know who number one is. George St. Pierre. Yeah. Yeah. It's Conor McGregor. (laughs) Conor McGregor. Same thing, right? It'll be interesting to see who he fights. Proper 12. Proper number 12. I'm Irish, so I can do anything I want. I'm Irish. I'm actually Irish a little bit. But anyways, um, I think I'm like... 15% 15% Irish, I think, and then I'm like 20% Italian, but anyways, enough about heritage. Um, number one for both of us, I think we can pretty say that confidently, is Kamaru Usman. I mean, he's the best. Uh, you don't like him? Everybody likes him, dude. He's a pretty likable dude. Yeah, I just like him because he beats on uh, I hate Covington. <laughs> But um, yeah, uh, Kamaru number one. That's pretty. That was we should have known. Everybody should have known that for freaking listening. Alvin Kamara. Alvin Kamara, yeah, number one, number number one, freaking. Uh, I don't even know what division he would be in. Probably the freaking featherweight. <laughs> I can't can't doubt those those small guys, you know. Alright, um, I think we should um, at least touch on all the um, insanity that has gone on in college football the last, I want to say, week. So, we'll go over that a little bit. So, we'll start with some of the big rivalry week games, and then we'll talk about some of the hires and transfer portal stuff. Um, Michigan, knocking off Ohio State uh, to everybody's happiness, because nobody likes Ohio State. Oh, shit, those. What? No. All right, so in Michigan, you know, I will say I did not watch it, so I'll just coming off the feedback you're giving me because of Gigi's baptism. I was in mass. Yeah, that's much more important. You got to get, you gotta get Gigi baptized. But, yeah, Michigan, um, it uh, they look like, the the freaking best running team in the nation 
They just they knew what they wanted to do and they did it the whole game. And freaking Hassan Haskins went for five touchdowns. And they put pressure on CJ Stroud all game, which is exactly what they needed to do, because CJ Stroud cannot throw when he's pressured. Or he's not he can't step up and make a throw when he's under pressure most of the time. So they did they executed the game plan perfectly and outside of one red zone Cade McNamara interception, they really played a perfect game. So I'm pretty sure they scored on like every drive in the second half. So pretty dominant. It'd be kind of funny if they went out and lost to Iowa this weekend after doing all that. But I wouldn't be funny, dude. Are you rooting for Michigan? I'm rooting for Harbaugh. That guy had it rough in Michigan. I'm rooting for freaking Cincinnati. Oh, no, dude. Because who doesn't want to see a group of five team? But, mm, yeah. And then Oklahoma State beat Oklahoma. And what would be Lincoln Riley's last game as the Oklahoma coach? Oh. Dude, speaking about that, I don't get why, you know, I get why Oklahoma fans are mad. But this guy delivers so much for you. I mean, kind of made the program where it is. They're like, oh, he, he's scared of the SEC now. I I'm guessing he really didn't want Oklahoma to go to the SEC because Oklahoma Texas is definitely not ready for the SEC. They lost to Kansas. There ain't no way Texas Texas is gonna be like freaking like Arkansas every year except for this year. Like maybe winning like six six or seven games, maybe winning eight games one season. But Texas is gonna suck, and Oklahoma probably won't be much better. I mean, every time they've played Bama or Anybody in the playoffs, they've kind of gotten stomped on. So, who knows what they'll do. Um, There were some people saying that Cliff Kingsbury might go to Oklahoma. I don't know why he would do that. Why would you leave the Cardinals, who are are like freaking 8-2 or whatever record they are, and go to freaking Oklahoma? The quarterback that he was. I know. Why would you go? And who knows? I mean, Spencer Rattler's leaving. Not like that's a huge thing. We pretty much already knew that. But um, who knows where he'll go. He'll probably end up in, like, Arizona State or something like that. Because, you know, he's an Arizona guy. But um, do you have any predictions on where Spencer Rattler will land? Um, you know, Tennessee's a favor right now. I say, I say he goes back home to either Arizona or Arizona State. I don't know why he would want to go to freaking one in eleven Arizona, but he would definitely dominate the Pac twelve. Uh, yeah. Dude, can, we talk, can we talk about how, how much the freaking USC loves freaking They're so lucky. Riley, dude, they gave that guy so much. They gave him an awful lot, but I mean it probably took a lot for him to get away from Oklahoma, but, I mean, who wouldn't want to leave freaking Oklahoma to go to Southern California? Like, come on now. And he's a coach and give him a $6 million house. And he's going he's gonna to revitalize – he's probably going to revitalize that program because USC did not have an aggressive recruiter, and now Lincoln Riley's going to bring in all those Southern California recruits and all those other recruits from all those other places. And he's probably going to make US, USC – back into their, like, not necessarily, like, national championship status, but, like, they're probably going to be really good again. 
And that scares probably both of us. I'm definitely going to take the recruits away from UCLA now. <laughs> well, it's not like they were getting too many, but... Yeah, now you're taking them all away, okay? Um, DTR's been going off, though. That dude is raising his draft stock. And I might get a chance to see him in action. If they play, if they play in the Holiday Bowl, if they play in, a, in a Echo Park. Definitely gonna go see that. But yeah, uh, Spencer Rattler. What if you went to like UCLA just to like be like, screw you, Lincoln Riley. I'm gonna play you. That'd be amazing. You know, he'll definitely fit Chip Kelly's offense. That's very true, and I hate to say it, but he would also fit in Oregon's offense kind of because he's like a dude that can like kind of move around and like stuff. And Oregon's a very Heavy RPO style offense, running kind of a run and shoot type offense. I don't want to say run and gun or run and shoot, but very heavy RPO style, and um, he'd probably thrive in that. But I really don't want him to come because we have freaking Ty Thompson, just a five star and true freshman, and then Robbie Ashford, who runs, he's really fast. And so I just want to give those two guys a chance to battle it out for the quarterback position and then. Hopefully, but if he chooses to come here, I guess we'll take yeah, him. Yeah, I think. Um, you think I cut out? Huh? Or maybe if he scared me, I thought I just cut off. Oh, no. Yeah. Well, oh, gosh. Well, uh, what else happened? Oh, yeah, Chip Kelly to LSU. I did not – or not Chip Kelly. Not Chip Kelly. Kelly. Are you trying to fight? Brian. Brian. Brian Kelly to LSU. Um, did not see that coming, not going to lie. Um, I mean, I get, I get it because Notre Dame very rarely there, it's going to be really hard for them to ever make the playoffs because they don't play in a conference and they really only play two games two like marquee matchups a year. And that, I mean, they normally lose one of them. And so they end up like in the talks, but they always end up a couple spots out, but. Wait. No. Okay, Brian Kelly left. So, do they ever have a shot? To, I thought they had a shot to playoffs. I thought they were like they do. Who's they, the coach? This guy. This guy just left during this time. I I don't know if he's like already in LSU or if he's gonna like finish the season out. But I mean, Lincoln Riley dipped the day he announced it. He was like, "I'm out of here." He took he took so many coaches with him too. He took like the football operations guy he took like the wide receiver qb coach he took like the freaking running backs coach he took pretty much almost all of the staff he just gutted oklahoma and then they lost malachi nelson they lost the number one receiver in the class they lost like a top five running back in the class they lost like three other freaking espn 300 recruits which is pretty sad for oklahoma fans but they're gonna go to usc they're gonna scare me. Oh well, UCLA better enjoy the freaking whooping they put on USC or USC because that might not be the case next year or the coming years. But hopefully, your mouth. hopefully it is. I'm I hate USC and I don't I don't love UCLA, but I don't hate UCLA as much as I hate USC. So. Children. Yeah, that's true. And 
Last dude, last big hire was Florida hiring Billy Napier. Um, Florida, as a Florida fan, go Gators, um, as well as being an Oregon fan, obviously. But as a Florida fan, um, very happy about this hire because Billy Napier, he he's a guy that likes to build from the – like he, he has his core or nucleus, as he might call it. He has his nucleus. He has his core dudes, and he, like, establishes, like – with Dan Mullen, Florida was just kind of like a week-to-week team, and Billy Napier is going to come in, and he's going to give this team an identity. And he's going to be a really aggressive recruiter because, you know, Florida's up there in the in the recruiting hotbeds, like all of Florida. And Florida, when they were at their peak, were getting all the good Florida recruits. from They were, they were getting stealing them from all the – SEC schools and wherever and so if Florida can get back to at least a portion of that where they're getting marquee Florida recruits as well as like Billy Napier has been in he's coached in out he's under Nick Saban I mean he's in Clemson he's probably got ties in a lot of places if he can recruit from those places well Florida will be back in the back in the contention in the SEC East and hopefully winning the SEC East at least at, at the very soonest next year. Uh, um, he's probably going back to like an offensive coordinator job. I wouldn't be surprised if he was like, I wouldn't, I don't know. That's, that's hard to say. He could go back to Mississippi state in some capacity. Um, they might like him. Because, like, he's not a bad play caller. He's just not a good head coach. Like, he's not going to go out there and he's not going to be an aggressive recruiter. And he's, like, as a head coach, he doesn't really give. Even at Mississippi State, Mississippi State really didn't have that much of an identity when he was there as the head coach. So, hopefully, I mean, he'll probably get calls for, like, some of these jobs that have been vacated, you know. Maybe he'll get a call for the Notre Dame job. Who knows? They'll they'll definitely look into him as in both an offensive coordinator and a coach. So I don't know. Where do you think he goes? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I haven't really seen him in any like talks. I guess. Well, well he just lost a job, that though. Well, yeah, but dude, did you know Bill O'Brien is the freaking offensive coordinator for Alabama? I, that was news to me. I learned that during the Alabama game on Saturday, which, by the way, Bryce Young is that dude. Bri- Bryce Young is that dude. Remember when he was going to go to USC? Well, but yeah, Bryce Young is that dude. He should win the Heisman. I mean... <laughs> Especially with how CJ Stroud played on Saturday. Um, yeah, we'll, def- we'll see after the SEC championship. Well, I mean, Bryce Young was pretty much the entire reason that Alabama won that game, you know, going 97 yards and it's with a stadium like 100,000 people cheering against you um, while you're getting pressured all game and just making the throws that he made on that final drive. Did just like three overtimes after. I I mean that wasn't really his fault. Alabama's defense just kind of sucked. <laughs> he scored on every single 
he scored on every single drive. So, I mean, or in that overtime. And, I mean, Alabama's off. They had to adjust mid-game because Auburn was just bringing, consistently bringing, like, four, five, six, seven guys in pressure. And Bryce Young was constantly under duress. And But he stood tall for the most part, and he made he made some gutsy throws. And, I mean, this dude's talented. Like, he reminds me a, a lot of of – like Russell Wilson because they're like both small guys who only run when they like absolutely have to. And they're both like super accurate, good deep ball throwers that like are really good post snap readers and pre snap readers, reading coverages, going through progressions and stuff like anticipation, anticipation throws. Bryce Young's excels in that and just reading the defense. Well, so Yeah. I don't know. That just came, became a Bryce Young analysis, but uh, well, I just like how UCLA is finishing out the year. That saves Chip Kelly's job for now. Yeah, I mean, what what's the record right now? Eight and four. They should get a pretty good bowl game or a decent bowl game. Yeah, we're going to play an ACC team. An ACC team? Yeah. Well, I hope right Oregon... Now, like, the projection right now, it's an ACC team. They're going to lose that one. <sighs> well, Oregon's right now projected if they win the... It, obviously, if they win the Pac-12 championship, they'd play in the Rose Bowl. And if Michigan wins the the Big Ten championship, then it would be a rematch of Oregon versus Ohio State. And to be honest, I really don't want to play Ohio State again. <laughs> because this time we would probably get smacked because we've gotten worse and they've gotten better. Wait, I want to give it to Ohio State. Because Iowa would have like, what, three losses? Iowa would have three losses and Ohio State would have two losses. And Michigan would be in the playoff. And so they'd give it to Ohio State. But if Iowa wins then they'd give it to Iowa and Michigan would be out of the playoff and then Ohio State would get some other bowl game. I thought they always get to the guy who played the championship game. Not necessarily because, like, it depends because sometimes they give it to the winner of the championship game. Like, if Iowa won the championship game, they're not going to the playoff, but they'd go to the Rose Bowl. But if they lost the championship game, then they'd be three losses and, like – that would be like, yeah, that would not be um, uh, Rose Bowl over Ohio State, who would be like ranked like, I don't know, sixth or seventh in the nation. So I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong and they all just give it to Iowa, but who knows? Who knows? Yeah, but should be should be a good championship week this next weekend and then hopefully everything plays out in Cincinnati just if Cincinnati doesn't have to play Georgia they'll be good because Cincinnati can compete with Oklahoma State they could compete with Alabama if they have to play Alabama they could compete with I don't know Michigan they could compete with if somehow Notre Dame makes it in they could compete with Notre Dame because they already beat Notre Dame but 
they I don't think they have a shot against Georgia, but I think they have a shot against anybody else. They're gonna end up playing Georgia if Oklahoma State wins, they're gonna put Oklahoma State at three. Yeah. And Oklahoma Oklahoma State was like the the quietest team this year. Like they're just like their only loss was to what, Iowa State? Yeah, because I always choke. I know, but why? Like nobody was talking about Oklahoma State and up until Bedlam. Like they're pretty, they're good, a really good defense. And I mean, Spencer Sanders is like who I feel is who I is it just me, or has he been there for like seven years? I I feel like he's been forever. Like he's been their quarterback since like 2012, it feels like. But I know he hasn't. But I like that guy so much, though. I know he's he's solid. Like he's so, like rock solid, and like oh, I, <laughs> if if you notice, a lot of these like top teams like Michigan, Oklahoma State, um, like Georgia, even they really don't have like a star quarterback, like. Stetson Bennett slash JT Daniels, if he ever gets to play, and you know Spencer Sanders, Cade McNamara, and like even Notre Dame, you they who knows who they have at quarterback? Like they have had Jack Cohen and what's his name, Drew Pine, or I don't know the other guy's name, but like there's not like a lot of other than like Bryce Young and De- Desmond Ritter, there's not like a lot of like elite quarterbacks in the playoff talk anymore. I mean, he's not elite. He's he's good, and Bryce Young's obviously the best quarterback in the nation. But um, other than that, like, it's just a bunch of like solid quarterbacks, and that's it. Which I think is pretty interesting, and I like how there's like new teams this year. Like, Ohio State's not making it. Alabama has a good chance of not making it. Like, Oklahoma's not making it. Like all these teams that we always see all the time they're not making it. And that's why a 12-team playoff would be good because we'd get to see new teams every year. And we're getting to see new teams this year, even in a four-man playoff. definitely going to be three new teams you haven't seen. Yeah. Michigan hasn't made it. Oklahoma State hasn't made it. And Cincinnati hasn't made it. And this is if Georgia wins. And I think Georgia wins, but I don't know. Alabama, everybody's betting against Alabama right now, and I think that's when they're, like, the most dangerous because I, I don't feel comfortable betting against Saban and Bryce Young. That's just, like, not – I don't know who's going to win that game, to be honest. I wouldn't be surprised if Alabama came out and beat them, but I wouldn't be surprised if Georgia comes out and, like, smacks them by 20. Okay, I don't know about 20 and all that, but okay, you need to chill out there. Yeah. I don't think it's going to be 20, but, like, I if they end up beating them by, like, two scores, I would be surprised. They just cannot play. Don't play around with Alabama because whew, they can freaking destroy you if you just mess around with them. Pause. That wasn't really a pause-worthy moment. The way you sounded, the way you said it. Sorry. 
Okay. Is, it, did anything else important happen? Because. Uh, uh, well, we can keep the new episode with all, with all these greenness. Oh, yeah. We got to say, we should do. We got to. We got to get. <laughs> I know you were not happy about today. <laughs> no, not with anything. Not even just crazy, man. CMC again. Uh, CMC's got to get healthy, man. He's gonna cry. He's probably he's a top like two running back in the league when he's healthy, but he can never stay healthy. Because chill out. Because he's too jacked and too sexy. That everybody. I'm just an injury bug out there, you know. Derek Henry went out. Dalvin Cook went out. Alvin Kamara went out. And you know who the freaking top fantasy running back is? That everybody clowned me for picking in the first round, Jonathan freaking Taylor. Everybody, everybody was like, "Oh, why are you picking Jonathan Taylor in the first round?" <laughs> oh, who's the freaking best fantasy running back who hasn't been injured one time this year and always gets me over twenty points? Freaking Jonathan Taylor. That's who. I I doubt it because freaking one of these quarterbacks will like go off for a five-week stretch, and then they'll give to them the MVP. I wish Jonathan Taylor could win it because I really like Jonathan Taylor, but I doubt he wins it. But no no quarterback is stepping up right now. Like Tom Brady's iffy. Justin Herbert's inconsistent. Aaron Rodgers is, like, weirdly not being talked about for MVP, but, like, at the same time, I don't know. And then... Lamar Jackson just threw a four interception, so he kind of just put himself out of the MVP race. Kyler Murray's been out for like three weeks, four weeks, so it's kind of going to be hard for him to win it. Dad doesn't have his receiver core. Yeah, and then Josh Allen is just – he's had two really bad games. Actually, one really bad game and two bad games, and the rest have been solid and good games. So – I mean, he's another dude that's, like, really inconsistent. And, I mean, Justin Herbert, if he has, like, three good games in a row, he could easily win MVP. And I'm rooting for Justin Herbert because, obviously, go Ducks. But... Wait. Yeah, yeah. You sound like a duck there, dude. You sound like Affleck. Oh, Affleck. Affleck. Dude, that reminds me of freaking Deion Sanders and... Shador Sanders, his son, is actually freaking good at quarterback. He's a Dude, good they're, they're he's, actually gonna get a good ball game. He's cold at quarterback. He missed like three games this season. They went ten and one and he threw like thirty touchdowns and he ran for like three touchdowns. He was, I'm so surprised when I go build his dad. I'm not. <laughs> he's a well, he's obviously a D one talent. He just went to a a freaking a smaller college. Well, Jackson State is D one, but you get me. He was like a he would have probably been like he had I think he had offers from like SEC schools, not necessarily like the biggest SEC schools, but like smaller um, SEC schools. We're committed to that thing, yeah. yeah, he did. I think he was always gonna go to a small school. It's just when his dad got hired at Jackson State that was pretty much game over. <laughs> But anyways, uh, well, we'll do probably a free agency episode, and so you can, so you can cry about. Well, I'm actually really mad about Max Scherzer going to the Mets because I hate the Mets. But 
you know, the Mets are still going to finish third in the division because the Mets are the Mets. Everybody's going to get injured, and then all their big signees. Starling Marte is going to hit 220. Um, freaking what? Mark Canna is going to probably be, like, injured by, like, the 50-game mark. All their big signings are either going to flop or they're going to get injured. That's just how Mets the Mets work. The Braves are going to win the division. The Nationals are going to be a wild card, and Juan Soto is going to hit 80 homers, and then the Nationals are going to win the World Series 2022. And that's just how it is, and you got to deal with it. We're gonna end. We're gonna end on that because. Oh, oh! Listen, I created you. I just want to say that. How did the Rays get so lucky? With what? Paying Wander Franco so cheap. Oh my gosh! Everyone's saying, "Oh, it's only seventy games." Dude, he's gonna come out next year, and he's gonna be like an all star. And in five years, he's gonna be like. Up there for Fernando Tatis for the best shortstop. And everyone's going to be like, oh, wow, this is a really cheap deal. When you were saying, oh, it's too early to pay him over $100 million. Like getting like $20 million a year. That's crazy. I know. And I mean, in 70 games, he's already a top five shortstop. Fight me if you want. But like, he played elite defense and he was like elite at the plate. Dude walks a ton. He has a really good eye, and he hits for average. He hits for power. Gets on base. It's pretty much everything you want in a modern day shortstop. Can bat from the left. Can bat from the right. Yep, he's a switch hitter, and he's good on both sides. He's not like he's not like he's like overly better on one side. He's he's good from both sides. He's got power from both sides, and. I mean, yeah, that that's a good deal for the Rays. That's about as much as you're going to get out of the Rays for one player. And, I mean, they did it on the right dude. He's, what, like 20, 20 years old, and he's already producing at this level? Yeah, imagine what he's going to be in five years. But, anyways, um, we'll talk more MLB next episode. And we'll probably do some college basketball because we haven't done any of that. Oh, we'll cry about that, too. Oh, my gosh. Um. Purdue, really good. And that's all we're going to say. And UCLA. Got it on. Yeah. But you know what? Oregon's, I think they have more losses than they do wins. And Florida, actually, Florida's really good. Never mind. But anyway. Shit it on that. I decided to fight. Or Senator Fox instead of Washington. <laughs> well, anyways. Um, that's the end of this episode. Um, if you made it this far, um, Eric and me will both personally deliver you a cookie. Because that has tears on it. Yeah, okay. Sure. Whatever you say. Um, uh, well, Eric's going to go cry about Corey Seager and Max Scherzer, and uh, I'm going to go watch the Seahawks get um, destroyed if they haven't already. Is that um, over yet? Hmm. Um, I feel like it probably is. Oh, never mind. It is over. Um, fifteen to seventeen, we lost. We suck. Um, and we don't even have our first round pick. So I'm gonna go cry about the Seahawks. Eric's gonna go cry about UCLA and Corey Seager, and that's just how it's gonna be. <laughs> CMC, okay. And CMC, and okay. Um. Uh, so yeah. Uh, thanks for listening. And um, 
see you in the next one, Eric, and everybody else. You will see me in the next one. I'll see. Yeah. Broke the pimple. I'll see you in my in the next one. I'll see you in my bedroom later tonight. Whoa! whoa. What? 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 what?